0: Just with our eyes closed as the praise team have gone back to their seats uh, i would like for us to open up before i pray i would like for us to sing the chorus of the song once again lord send revival start with me for i am one of unclean lips it starts with us we must clean up our own house first before we go ahead and we pray for the nation we pray for the nation as we are transformed from the inner transformation that comes from the holy spirit Let's ask God to start with us first. Let's ask God to start with our church. Yeah. So with our hearts and with our, with the humility that comes from worshiping the Lord, let's sing together. Lord, send revival. I would like to praise Him to help me. Let's sing it together. Lord, send revival.
1: Lord, send revival.
0: Your hand to your heart, make it a prayer before God.
1: For I am one of One more time, Lord send revival. Start with me. Lord, send pent fry one of for i wanna
0: If you Lord kept the record of sins Lord who could stand but with you there is forgiveness so that we can with reverence serve you I wait for the Lord my whole being waits and in his word I put my hope I wait for the Lord more than watchmen waits for the morning more than watchmen waits for the morning If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Father, we just want to thank you for this new week, this new Sunday, this new day that you have given us, Lord. Thank you for the grace that we have received. Thank you for the new mercy that is available for us today. Thank you, God, that you choose to remember our sins no more when we repent of our sins, that we are washed and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us on the cross. For God, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Lord, watch over us, God, right now. Cast aside every distraction at this time. Lord, let our focus be on you and you alone. Let us not trust our emotions and our feelings, but choose faith over our feelings right now. We refuse to make the service about ourselves, but Lord, we choose today to worship you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name above all names. So we put on the buckle, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the water of God, the sword of God. And we wield it with confidence and with courage in the helmet of salvation, knowing that, God, that you are with us. So, God, I pray, Lord, that as we transition to the message, that, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, God, in this place will be pleasing in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Lord, we thank you. We love you. All glory to your name. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and I pray. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. We're now in part nine of our Job series. And the title of today's message is called Build That, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. I'll say that again. Build That, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Now, just to recap a little bit, we talked about how he spoke, uh, how Eliphaz, the first friend, he spoke in chapter 4 and chapter 5, and we see Job, he responds in chapter 6 and chapter 7. And in chapter 7, just to give you a little bit of of a preview of what he said, he says in verse 4 to verse 21, and I'm just reading a few verses here and there, but I'm talking about Job 7. And Job says, says, he says, when I lie down, I think, this is him responding to Eliphaz, when I lie down, I think, how long before I get up? The night drags on and I toss and turn until dawn. My body is clothed with worms and scabs. My skin is broken and festering. Verse 7, he says, remember, O God, that my life is but, but a breath. My eyes will never see happiness again. What is mankind that you make so much of them, that you give them so much attention, that you examine them every morning and test them every moment? Will you never look away from me or let me alone even for an instant? Verse 21, Why do you not pardon my offenses and forgive my sins? For I will soon lie down in the dust your search for me, but I will be no more. So we see that Joe's response to Eliphaz, he was in a very frustrated state. But remember, he does not curse God. That's the key. So now we transition now from chapter 7 to chapter 8. And now we're introduced to a new character. Well, he was introduced earlier on. But it's the first time where he speaks and he opens his mouth. And his name is Bildad. And Bildad for your reference, he is referenced in chapters 8 and chapters chapter 18 and chapter 25 but i'm gonna go ahead and focus on chapter 8 and 18 so we're gonna do what we did last week i'm gonna go ahead and read chapter 8 and i would like for the congregation to read chapter 18 after i finish and then we'll get into our message right away so let me begin starting from chapter 8 build that, the shoe height Chapter 8, verse 1, it says this, Then Shuhite replied, How long will you say such things? Your words are a blustering wind. Does God pervert justice? Does the Almighty pervert what is right? When your children sinned against Him, He gave them over to the penalty of their sin. But if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the Almighty, if you are pure and upright, even now he will rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be. Ask the former generation and find out what their ancestors learned. For we were born only yesterday and know nothing, and our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not instruct you and tell you? Will they not bring forth words from their understanding? Can peppers grow tall where there is no marsh? Can reeds thrive without water? While still growing and uncut, they wither more quickly than grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God, so perishes the hope of the godless. What they trust is fragile. What they rely on is a spider's web. They lean on the web, but it gives way. They cling to it, but it does not hold. They are like a well-watered plant in the sunshine, spreading its shoots over the garden. It entwines its roots around a pile of rocks and looks for a place among the stones. But when it is torn from its spot, that place disowns it and says, I never saw you. Surely its life withers away, and from the soil other plants grow. Surely God does not reject one who is blameless or strengthen the hands of evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Your enemies will be clothed in shame, and the tents of the wicked will be no more. If you guys could go ahead and read chapter 18 for me. Ready? One, two, three. can okay, we go to verse 8 real quick and let's all read together verse 4 5 and 6 together okay 4 5 6 I know it's a little hard to understand these two chapters but just to sum it up just uh, just I'll make it easy for you guys to understand pretty much at the end we know that he is not commended by God right God is not happy with Bildad's response some of the things that Belad is saying is somewhat true in his in his thought and in his theology before God but He is judging his friend wrong. So 4, 5, 6 will show us that what he's saying is not correct. Okay, so let's all read it together, starting from verse 4, 5, and 6. Ready? 1, 2, 3. When your children sinned against him, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. But if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the Almighty... If you are pure and upright, even now he'll rouse himself on your behalf and restore you to your prosperous state. But the key part here is, is found in verse 4. He said, When your children sinned against them, he gave them over to the penalty of their sin. So what happened to their children? They died. So what he's saying is pretty messed up. He's saying, Your, your children got the punishment that they deserved. It's because they sinned before God. That is why God took them away. God had to kill them. That's what he's saying. You would never go ahead and tell someone, especially a friend or anybody in their funeral when they're grieving that they got what they deserved in the name of God. So what Bildad is doing is pretty bad. Right? This is not good. What he's saying. What he's saying to Job is not correct. And we see in response to his friends. Job responds in Job chapter 10, verse 2. Job chapter 13, verse 18. Job chapter 10, verse 2, it says this: I say to God, do not declare me guilty, Bildad. But tell me what charges you have against me. Remember, Bill, remember, Job is innocent before God. He's saying, What charges you have against me? Tell me. Do not declare me guilty. And he says in Job 13:18, I've prepared my case. I will be proved innocent because Job knows with confidence that he is innocent and that he had not sinned before God. And that's how Job responds to his friends. So let's get into our points. Number one, the good. What is the good? Same as last week, the good. We know that Bildad did the good thing by sitting with Job for seven days and seven nights. For your reference, let's go back and let's read Job chapter 2, verse 11-13. It says, When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, the, and Zophar the Nemethite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, and they tore their clothes, their robes, and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him, because they saw how great his suffering was. The good is the same as Eliphaz. He sat there quietly to sympathize with Job. That's what builded it. Now let's go to the bad. Point number two, the bad. So point letter A, Bildad was insensitive to Job. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, Bildad was insensitive to Job. What did he say to sum up what he said in chapter 8 and in chapter 18? He pretty much said, your children died because of their wickedness. I mean, just wow, that's pretty messed up. Your children must have sinned against them. Job 8.4. So their punishment was well deserved. He was insensitive to Job's situation. What he was going through in his grieving state. God forbid that we would ever say that to someone who have lost their loved ones, that they got what they deserved. No matter how wicked the individual was. So point B. Bildad wrongly accused Job. Bildad wrongly accused Job. So this is what Bildad says. He says, why won't you admit you have sinned? Since you won't admit, you are still suffering. He's still trying to convince Job that he has sinned before God. But we know as readers that Job was innocent before God. So that wrongly accused Job. Why won't you admit you have sinned? Since you won't admit you are still suffering, Job. And we know that that is not true. This is just the imagination that Bildad had. His assumption that became a reality in his life and, he, and he, he became and he was judging Job. He was wrongly accusing Job of wrongdoing. But we know as readers that Job was innocent before God. I mean, remember the the first sermon, right? We talked about this, that Job was great, Job was blameless, and that Job was perfect. And I gave you examples of when God says he is a man of integrity, there's no one like him on earth. And God says it over and over and over again. And build that, he's pretty much saying, admit that you have sinned. Admit it. Admit it. In Job 8, verse 1 to 2, then build that the Shuai replied to Job, How long will you go on like this? You sound like a blustering wind. He's pretty much saying, admit that you have sinned. We know the truth. Job, we know that you're not innocent. So admit it. And let's take a look at how Job responds to build that. Job pretty much he says, I am innocent, right? That's what he's saying, I am innocent. But let me give you the actual scripture where Job responds. And it it shows Job's frustration because he is innocent. Again, I hate when you're innocent and someone accuses you of doing something wrong. You become so frustrated. And we see here in Job 10, verse 1 through 7, what does he say? This is how Job responds. He says, I loathe my very life. He doesn't say, I loathe you, God. He says, I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaint. And speak out in the bitterness of my soul. I say to God, Do not declare me guilty, but tell me what charges you have against me. Does it please you to oppress me, to spurn the work of your hands, while you smile on the plans of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh? Do you see it as a mortal sees? Are your days like those of a mortal, or your ears like those of a strong man? that you must search out my faults and probe after my sin. Though you know that I am not guilty and that no one can rescue me from your hand. And You can hear the frustration of Job. Not in his, he's not directly really responding to Bill that. He's also talking to God. But at the same time, you have to remember, he is not cursing God. He's just frustrated. He is grieving. He's a human being. He's pretty much saying, first, it was you, LFS, and now you too Bill. that? It's like, Ronnie's like, not you too, Andy. I thought you would have my back. Then he betrayed me a long time ago, years ago, many times, thousands of times. But Andy, you too? And you could hear the frustration in Joe's voice. Remember, the only good thing that he did was he stayed quiet. For seven days in the beginning. Once he started speaking, all the foolish words started to come out. Point number three, the ugly. In the end, the conclusion of Beldad is the same fate that Eliphaz had. And if you remember from last week's message, it's the same thing. He had the same fate, the same ending. For your reference, let's go to Job chapter 42, verse 7 through 9. And this is in the end, God tells, God says this to his friends, to Job's friends. He says, after the Lord, starting from verse 7, after the Lord has said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends. And that's the worst thing that could happen to us when God says, I am angry with you, not I am pleased with you, because you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Now that, so now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you, and I will accept this prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, at the Shuhite, and Zophar the Nemethite did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And we see that the prayer that God accepts is not Bildad, is not Zophar, is not Eliphaz. It is Job's prayer. Remember, it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to not be okay. Just in your frustration, don't curse God. Hold on to God. You could complain. You could cry out. You could cry out to God. We could pray on our knees, we could cry. But in that process, never curse God. Don't curse him. And you will be commended for that. Never turn your back towards the one who loves you and the one who gave his life for you so that you can have life today. Next slide, Bildez should have. What should he have done? This doesn't fall under a point, but that should have. That should be the heading. And I have 3 subpoints for us in this. Letter A, he should have trusted. He should have trusted his friend Job. That he did not need to admit he sinned, for Job was innocent. that should not have pushed Job to admit that he had sinned. Because he was innocent. He should have trusted let it be, should not have assumed, not assumed. For example, saying Job 8, four, your children must have sinned against them, so their punishment was well deserved. I mean, who says that? Who are you to assume? And who are you to say that if you sin, God will punish you and God will destroy you? You cannot say things like that, for God is God, and God does what he does. But at the end of the day, God is good. He is patient, and he loves us, for he gives and he takes away. I mean, What a terrible thing to say. I mean, such a Mr. Know-it-all. It's like, oh, really, Bill, that? That's how God works? You're so wise, so wise that you figure out God. You put God in your little box. And I'll give you an example that we should not put God in a box from our past, our experiences, that we put God in who he is according to his word. Job 8, verse 6, and if you are pure and live with integrity, he will surely rise up and restore your happy home. That's what Bildad says. Who is he to put God in a box that if you are pure and live with integrity, he will rise up and restore your happy home? Don't assume. Let us see. Bildad should have, remain silent. Remain silent. Same thing as Eliphaz. Just please stop talking about that. Just stop. And we see Job's response to this is found in Job 13.5. If only you will remain silent, for that would be your wisdom. And I mentioned this a few times in this series, the passage found in Proverbs 17.28, that even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. They're considered wise and discerning if they hold their tongues. Sometimes it's best we remain silent instead of speaking foolishly. Just as Job's wife, she spoke foolishly. She said what? Curse God and die. And she will regret those words later. Next slide. This is the last slide. Job's character. Job's character. And I have two sub points here. Despite all the wrong accusations by his first friend, Alephas, and now his second friend, Beldad, letter A, Joe remained loyal to God. When people are talking things about you, when they wrongly accuse you, will you remain loyal to God? will you curse God? Which leads us to point, So point letter B. Job never cursed God. Even though he became impatient in his suffering, he never cursed God. Guys, it's okay to become impatient in life. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to not be okay. But just in the process of it, do not curse God. Do not turn your back towards God. Do not blame God for your situations. Sometimes things just happen, and God gives, and he takes away. Never curse God. And you'll see the lesson that you learn from here in the book of Job. I know the book of Job is a little confusing. It's hard to understand. We're trying to divide it into series for you to understand easily. The lesson here is do not curse God. Do not assume. Do not wrongly accuse. Just trust him. For God gives, and God takes away. Job was not perfect. He was not. But he remained faithful to God. That's the key. It's about faithfulness at the end of the day. How faithful are you in your life right now? Are you a faithful individual like Job? And we learn here from the lesson with Bill that Here are some things that we should not say. It's a great lesson here that we should not say in a funeral. Certain things that we shouldn't be saying. In a funeral, sometimes the best thing is you just say, I'm here for you, and you remain silent. You don't say things, oh, I'm sure God had a plan, God had a reason. Yes, God had a reason. God is God. But that's not something that we should be saying just remain silent that's the best thing that we can do and what we should do men and women of god always hold on to god that's the lesson of job job chapter 9 verse 14 through 15 says this so that who am i that i should try to answer god or even reason with him this is what job says even if i were right I would have no defense. I could only plead God for mercy. The heart of Job is beautiful. because in the midst of everything that he's going through. He's still maintaining his integrity, his faith before God. Never once does he turn his back against God. In fact, he runs towards God, and he was the only one standing there. Among his friends. All of his friends are accusing him. I mean, how frustrated I'll be so frustrated. He's like, God, <laughs> leave me alone. Go away. You don't know anything. They assume like they know everything. They're not even trusting you. They don't even know you. Will you hold on to God when people do not understand you? when they accuse you of wrong. Even the closest friend, even your family members, even people in the church, hold on to God. Hold on to him. And in closing, I want to invite you to close your eyes with me. I want to spend some time uh, this afternoon, praying together. I feel like as a church, we've been praying separately in our own homes. Not that I feel, I know. And I know at times it's been difficult. And I know that a majority of us, we haven't been able to wake up in the morning, Tuesday and Thursday. And I was speaking to some of the members, and you need to think of prayer like this. Prayer is not... is more for us For God is God, and God is who He is. We cannot add more or take away by us praying to God, for God is God. For He is who He is. Prayer is for us. It's not about about us getting our prayers answered, but it's about the heart. Do you understand? It's about the heart that is beautiful. submits to God that goes on their knees and cries out to God. There's no beautiful heart than a heart that repents, than a heart that is soft, that is a heart that is full of conviction, a heart that is desperate to cry out to God. That is a beautiful heart and that is the heart that God loves to see and that is the heart that God desires you to have. So prayer at the end of the day is for us. It's for our sake that we cry to God. For it means it keeps us humble. It keeps us grounded in the truth. It keeps you humble, do you understand? It keeps you hungry and desperate, always seeking God. That even when you have so much blessing in your life, you don't know what to do. It keeps you humble and grounded in the Lord. And when you have nothing, you're near everything is taken away, and you're in a desperate place and you feel alone, you cry out to God, and God will raise you up as we pray to Him. And when we pray on Tuesday morning and Thursday morning in our own homes due to this pandemic, I want you to think about it as like it's an honor system. In seminary, but in our cafeteria, what they used to do was there was no cashier, but they had a basket. And when you, when you got hungry, you pick the food that you wanted and you go ahead and you put and you leave the money. And it's an honest, it's an honor system that you follow. Even though no one is watching, you go ahead and you put that money in that basket. And that's what prayer is all about. We don't pray when people are watching. We don't pray for the sake of having an audience or to look good in front of the camera or look good in front of a congregation. You pray to Him because God is God and He deserves all of your praise. And we close the door when no one is watching and we go on our knees and we pray and we seek His face. That's what prayer is. I pray that during this pandemic that we will not make excuses. Oh, it's hard to do it alone. Oh, it's so difficult to pray when I'm by myself. Oh, I haven't been socializing. I haven't been communicating with people. But imagine Job in his loneliness. Even his wife wouldn't stand next to him. Even his friends won't stand with him. Think about the desperation and the pain that he was experiencing at this time. How he held on to God and he never let go of God. And we too must never let go of God and hold on to him. Hold on to him for he's all that matters. We need to pray. We need to pray and we need to pray earnestly from our hearts. We have taken God for granted. We have taken the privilege of praying for granted. For we can pray anytime. We could pray when we're driving. We could pray when we're walking. We could pray when we're conversing with friends and people, friend family. We could pray when we're in the bathroom. We could pray when we're in the shower. We could pray anywhere. Prayer is not just about speaking to God, but it's about listening to the voice of God, to the conviction that God gives us. Are you speaking to him? And most importantly, are you listening to him? When was the last time you heard his voice? The conviction of the Holy Spirit. May we not be like Bildad? where we speak foolishly? Longly assume, accuse. This is how God works with pride. So much pride in Bildad in his speech. But may we humble ourselves right now. And say, God, I don't have all the answers and I don't understand right now. But God, all I know is that God, you are good and that you are perfect and you are patient and God, you are God. May the Lord never be angry with us as God tells the three friends in the end that I am angry with you.
1: But may the Lord say this to us. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with little things,
0: few things. I will now put you in charge of many things and come and share your master's happiness. May the Lord never say, you wicked and lazy servant. But may the Lord say, come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world.
1: May the Lord never say this to us. Depart from me, you who are cursed.
0: And into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. But may the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. We sang the last song. And we sang it in the beginning. if my people pray and humble themselves then he will come and heal our land that he will come and that he will come and he will come, surely he will come. And I promise you, he will come because in the word, and according to the word in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, As if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Will you, Deep Roots church, pray and humble yourself right now? you pray to him can we pray together and seek his face this afternoon from our heart can we pray this isn't about how loud we pray but it's about connecting and communicating so I communing with God right now in the way you feel led you cry out to God right now let's pray together pray to him seek his face he desires to hear you cry out to him repent of your sins oh hold on to him don't let him go Start, start with me, God. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my compromise. Father, forgive me of my rebellion. I surrender myself to you, God, at this Thank you for the blood that was shed for me, the blood of Christ that washes away all my sins. Thank you, Lord, that God is no longer I will live, but it is you that lives in me. Therefore, I live my life in faith. I live my life with boldness and with courage. For oh God, you are with me. Lord, watch over our church in this transition, the change that we are going through. the watch over us. Let us have humble hearts. Let
1: us humble ourselves.
0: as we're praying I'm gonna invite the praising to come up let's keep praying let's keep praying let's hit the atmosphere of prayer let's continue seeking his face let's cry out to God let's pray from our hearts let's pray with truth, conviction Every attack of the enemy, every rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. Come and transform us, come and renew us. Oh God, we are hungry and desperate for you. If you, Lord, kept the record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. With you,
1: there is forgiveness. Oh God, I seek your face. I wait for the Lord as watch me and wait for the Watch me and wait for the morning Lord I seek your face I am waiting for you I will always wait for you Oh God for you are pursuing after me For God we are like the pride of a son and the pride of the Lord God we have been so wasteful of the blessings you have given us We have lost our way oh Lord We have gone away in our Yes, yes, Lord, send revival, star with me, place our hands to heart. For I am
0: My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Father, at this time, we humble ourselves right now. Lord, we pray. And we seek your face this afternoon on this new day. Not yesterday, today. We turn from our wicked ways. For God, we desire to hear from heaven. For God, you'll be quick to forgive our sins and to hear our lives. Our family, the situation that we're in. God, you will come and rescue us. God even if situations don't change even if this is what you will and this is how you will live for my life even then even then Lord I will lift up my hands and worship and praise you you can take away everything God even then I will worship God though you slay me I will worship you and I will seek your face for God you are a good God and you are who you are and I love you and I praise you who am I who am I Lord I'm nothing you are my everything my life holds in the balance of your fingers you hold my life God, it is you that have given me life So, God, with this one life that I have, one life, one chance, I will seek your face today. Even when no one is seeking your face, even when everyone around me tells me to run away, you foolish individual, what do you think you're doing? Why are you praying in the morning? Why do you go to church so much? Why do you desire to go to church during the pandemic? God, I will seek your face and worship you. For you are my God, and you are my King, and you are my Lord. We pray to you, we seek you, we run after you, for God, it is you that holds our life together. I just want to thank you for this message, for this time of worship, and for the time of prayer. I pray, God, every word that was spoken from our mouths and our hearts that will not fall to the ground. But Lord, you will hear us from heaven. For God, your presence is here with us. We thank you, we love you. Pray all these things. your precious son, Jesus Christ, I pray. and God's people, pray. Amen and amen.